Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is simply an extension of my column that appears weekly in the Carol Newsleader and are simply my observations, my opinions, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. Let's dig right in today as we start this podcast on a Monday afternoon on November the 28th. And this episode is entitled, Time to Look Forward, but in the Rear at the Same Time. And what I mean by that is uh, last Friday night is most of my listeners, and there's not that many of you, and I appreciate each and every one of you that join this podcast every week. But as you know, we played a semifinal football game in Huntingdon this past week for the first time since 2019 with a chance to go to play for a state title. Now, last week, I talked about winning it for the players, or the players themselves looking in the mirror and saying, forget about the outside noise, and let's play for ourselves. Well, what happened this past Friday night was a disappointment. A disappointment, I know, to the players, a disappointment to the fans. And it's just sometimes those things happen. Sometimes you don't play well. Sometimes the other team plays better. You know, I had a uh, conversation with some of the football players uh, last week over uh, at a basketball game, and I told them, I said, don't get too overconfident. And I'm not saying that that's what happened. Don't get me wrong. But I told them, I said, Riverside's going to come in And they're going to be a different football team. They're going to be playing for the same chips on the table that you are. And they just wanted it more. I'll be honest with you. I always tell it the way it is on this podcast. They they seem to have wanted more. Their game plan was excellent. We had trouble stopping their running game. Although for the night, uh, they only actually had 227 yards of uh, total offense. And, but, They took us out of our game. Normally a rushing attack by the Mustangs, and we've been throwing it a little bit, doing that successfully lately, but they only held us by my stats to 112 yards on the ground. That's subpar for a Huntington Mustang football team. So they took us out of our game, and uh, they took it to us. But in the same token, we had a chance to win a football game. I honestly thought when it got to 14-7, to and we had we got chance well we got the football back and we went three and out i thought before that possession started that if we could score told somebody on the sideline we'll win this football game because it takes out all the air out of the balloon uh, the momentum that uh riverside had achieved to this point but that didn't happen we went three and out eventually fell down 20 to 7 came back got it to win in 20 to 13 and had a fourth down around there. If I look at my notes, let's go back and just look at that. They were at their own 35. Or I mean, excuse me, at the Huntington 35. Had a fourth down. And I think it was fourth and five. If we stop them on that play, I still think we have a chance to win a football game. It's 20 to 13, plenty of time left. We get the ball back, score, tie ball game. Or we could take the lead 
but it didn't happen. They converted that fourth down. There were several times in the game that happened that uh, we had a chance to get a stop and just couldn't do it. But here's the message that I kind of want to get across today is uh, sometimes I get to preaching. I did that last week, and I'm going to preach again a little bit this week because I think it's important. You know, we talked about on this podcast, I've talked about uh, in my column that's in the newspaper, the one thing that I've said is the expectations for Huntington this year were not to make it to the semifinals. It was not to make it to state championship game. Yet they achieved one of those two goals. They made it to a semifinal game and realistically had a very, very good chance of making a state championship game. So, so what's, and, and I preached about that, you know, that uh, uh, the expectations were not that great for us to do well this year, but we exceeded those expectations. But here's kind of the message I want to get across is I don't think we should be satisfied with that because when you go back and you look at it, and I know this sounds like a crazy comment, but this is the way I kind of look at things that you shouldn't feel good about exceeding expectations. You know, a lot of people had you at five and five, this football team, or even four and six. And yet we ended the season at 10 and three. There's a lot of schools in this area that would be tickled to death to have a 10 and three record and to make it to the semifinals. They might be throwing a parade for the football team. They'd be so excited. But my message today is, why should you be excited about that? You should feel proud of that. You should have a good sense of accomplishment that you've achieved something, but you should not be happy about it. You know, it's, it's like uh, almost winning the lottery. Might be a bad example, but say, hey, there's five numbers you draw and you get four of them, but you don't get that fifth one. Hey, you feel pretty good that you got that close, but you didn't win the lottery. Or for you high school kids, when that uh, star cheerleader, uh, you think you got a chance for a date, doesn't happen. That's probably a bad analogy. But anyway, you kind of understand what I'm saying is that you shouldn't feel good about it because it didn't happen. Yes, as I just said, there's going to be a lot of schools that are going to look at a season such as the Mustangs had this year and be tickled to death and be so excited that they're beyond themselves. But I don't think we should be. I think there should be a taste in your mouth that you want more. And this football team can definitely achieve more. And they made it to a semifinal game in a year that a lot of people thought they'd be lucky to make the playoffs. And you look at it on paper and you go back and you go, well, uh, the Mustangs will be good next year. Well, they will be. But, you know, the work doesn't stop. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say today is you shouldn't stop working because you look at your uh, – Region next year, and I meant to bring that notes, those notes in here with me, but, you know, you, you're going to play six teams on your schedule this year that you played this year that were tough games. You know, you'll no longer have uh, a Union City team that was hard for two games. You They won't be on your schedule. Martin Westview won't be on your schedule. But, look, you'll have Trenton, 
and Milan, who both have four state championships on their resume. And three of those for Trenton were recent. So they still have that attitude where they want to win state championships because they're not that far removed from one. And then you're going to have an Adamsville team that's always pretty tough. And then you're going to have Camden, who seems to be improving a little bit. They made playoffs this year. Gibson County, still a hard, hard game because it's always a physical game. And then they're sitting there on your schedule for next year is Riverside. Riverside, a team that you dominated third week of the season. It's on September the 9th, I believe it was, or the 6th, whatever that week three game was. And then they turn around and turn the tables on you in the semifinals, and they are playing for a state championship this Saturday. Think about that. Those teams that we just mentioned are on your schedule for next year. And that's going to be tough. So you're going to have a team coming back that's going to have high expectations next year as opposed to a team this year that didn't have great expectations. But then you're going to be playing a team or a schedule next year with a team that's expected to do more with a tougher schedule than you had this year, believe that or not. So how are you going to respond? And I guess that's what I'm trying to say, and, and, and this I know it sounds like I'm rambling and kind of all over the place, but when you think about it, why should you feel good about losing? Yes, you won 10 games, and they were some great games through the season. And you played well in all three of your losses, with exception of maybe McKenzie, exception of maybe the Riverside game you didn't play as well. But – 10 games is 10 wins is a good season. But that's not what you play for. That's not what the expectations are at Huntington High School. Expectations are to make it to a state final every year. And I know that's not realistic. That's not going to happen every year. I think everybody understands that. But when you have the bullets in your gun to achieve that, then you need to fire them all off. And to know that you got to a semifinal game, and it's just the way maybe you should be looking at it, the way I should look at it, is if you got to a semifinal game with a team that wasn't expected to get to the semifinal game, then you should make it to a state championship game with a team that's expected to, and that would be next year. Because look at what you got coming back, and that's, what, that's what's going to get you excited. All that schedule is going to be tough. And – you know, you're going to lose six seniors, and there's some of those players that, that are going to be missed. You know, they uh, had great contributions to this football team this year. You're going to lose one lineman. You know, Luke Cooper at, at center. You're going to lose Skippy Gordon. And, and you know, he was a bellwether on that defense at safety. Uh, Braxton Montez Dioka at that tight end position made some great catches this year. Those three seniors you're going to miss. You know, uh, uh, the the Weathers kid at linebacker played well all year at linebacker. Jordan, I think is his name. And then, you know, Elijah Flowers, uh, who contributed on both sides of the football and is going to play in an all-star game uh, in the next week or so. And, you know, you're going to miss those five guys. And how do you replace them? 
Well, there's, there's, there's some good things to look at. But when you look at uh, Tayshawn Rivers coming back, that's going to be, you know, all-state linebacker. And he can fill that role that Elijah Flowers filled this year on both sides of the football. And that's going to be a big addition back to that football team. And then you're going to have uh, Mills Levitt, who hurt his knee against Gibson County. He'll be back next year. Coach Swinson told me he's probably the fastest player on the team. He'll be back. There's your running back to slide into that backfield uh, with the graduation of Elijah Flowers. And then you're going to have possibly Eli Moda back. I've heard the rumor. And there's an all-state lineman. There's a kid there that could play at the next level somewhere. And you get those three guys back, <coughs> it makes it a little easier to miss those seniors. And then you're going to have some players step up. I believe they're going to have better years. You know, when you look at uh, Ashton Hutcherson in that backfield next year, going to be a senior. Had a great year this year running, running the football. Missed the first two games, then came back, came back strong. Uh, he's a good running back, runs hard. And then, of course, you got Gray Eubanks at quarterback. A lot of people thought he might be the best quarterback in West Tennessee. Easy to argue that. But he'll be back. He'll be back for a junior season. And just think of the wars that he's had to battle in two years, starting as a freshman. And then going through the games he went through this year, more maturity you would think for next year. And then, <clears throat> as we mentioned, uh, Mill Levin in that backfield. It's going to give you more depth. And then I would like to see us next year on offense use Brady Ward Britton a little more. You know, Brady against that game, uh, game at, against Riverside this past Friday night had probably the best game of anybody offensively. You know, scored our last touchdown on an 18-yard run uh, with uh, seven and a half minutes left in the game that uh, got got us within a score of tying their football game. And I think we, if we had gotten the ball back, we could have won. Or we could at least tied it up going into overtime. Then, you know, who knows what happens. You know, so you got those players coming back. And then you got C.J. Pelinero, leading tackler in the world, seems. That's it's all you hear in a game is his name being called out over the loudspeaker every five seconds. Uh, tackle made by C.J. Pellinaro. And I, I'm, I'm going to have lots of fun watching him play his senior year. And then you, you get big sweat in there on that defensive line, Dante Pearson on that off uh, defensive line, you know, and then you get Moda. If you stick Moda in there, look at that defensive line, how it can look next year. It's going to be hard to run the football against Huntington, you would think. And then with the linebackers you got, you know, you, you talk about Easton Byers, who's uh, didn't play any as a freshman this year as a sophomore, uh, was one of your best players on defense. You could see him on both sides of the football. Caleb Pearson coming back for his senior season is a great outside linebacker. And he could feel that role of uh, that tight end that Dioka played. Or, or at least be in that position where he can catch footballs thrown by Gray Eubanks. Coach, Coach Swinson told me, he said, we'll probably throw it more next year because of the ability of uh, Gray Eubanks to throw the football. That's why I like to see Brady Warbritton maybe back there in that backfield a little bit and throw the ball to him. He's got a lot of speed. 
So if you get those players coming back and then you get big Jay Posterweight on that offensive line, you know, Braylon Rich on that offensive line, you know, Easton Byers will probably slide in there and play somewhere on that offensive line, you know, Dave Parker on that offensive line. And, uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna fill those holes pretty easily of the people that graduated because there's not that many holes when you've only got six seniors. So next year will be a good year. But I guess my message just being this whole uh time is don't sit there and and really you should be moping more than you should be celebrating a great season because the opportunity was there and we didn't take opportunity we didn't take the uh, advantage of that. Nothing against the players. Don't get me wrong. It's just, it's high school football, but a lot of it has to do with attitude. A lot of it has to do with confidence. And if we go into next season with the attitude that we want to achieve more, and that's my message, we want to achieve more then we will, because these kids have been fun to watch this past season. They've exceeded my expectations. I know they've exceeded a lot of others, but, you know, I go back to the spring, not spring, fall practice when when uh, practice began back in July, and I remember going to a couple of scrimmage games, and uh, I remember talking to Coach Swenson at uh, Media Day uh, before we ever played the Jamboree, and I remember the performance we had in the Jamboree, which was an excellent performance against McNary, who's a 4A school. And then, you know, we had those two uh, scrimmages against Covington. And then that went up there at Lexington, where we scrimmaged like Columbia Academy, I believe, and uh, Lexington. And, and there was somebody else in there. I don't forgot who now. Uh, but, you know, I told Coach Swinson, I said, man, y'all look good through those, those first two scrimmages. And, you know, he said, told me, he said, well, he said, you know, you know, it's early. Uh, I I just don't know how good we're going to be. It we it may be a long season. Well, see, he 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 uh, was thinking like I was thinking, or he's thinking like a lot of other fans would think. He underestimated his kids, and, I, and that's nothing wrong with that because coach sees them every day. He looks at the schedule and goes, "Well, maybe this is uh, what we're facing." But I can tell you this: he'll probably tell you today how proud he is of this football team. I know that's what he did Friday night after it was over with. And, and again, going back to the message that I'm trying to get across today is, yeah, we can be thankful for that. We can be proud of that, but we should want more. We should want more and we can achieve more because it's there. It's within reach. And it's just going to take a lot of hard work. It's going to continue to take work in the weight room and uh, honestly believe that this football team will have a better season next year. And, you know, we, we got to congratulate, you know, first of all, you got to congratulate Riverside. It's our first appearance ever in a state championship game. And with all this negative talk sometimes about maybe how well we didn't play, uh, they, they had a great game plan. They took us out of what we like to do. And we adjusted in the second half because uh, in the first half, by my stats, they had 154 yards on the ground Friday night. We held them only 73 yards in the second half. So we we made some adjustments in the second half. 
And but we only had 52 yards rushing in the first half and 60 yards rushing in the uh second half. So we we uh we struggled. We did complete one pass uh for 14 yards to Elijah Flowers. But we uh we didn't throw the ball as well as we've been doing because they studied film. They Riverside was well prepared. So, you know, you got to congratulate them. And uh, they're playing for a state title. You know, it could have been us. That's, you know, that's, my, I, that's the way I like to look at it. That could have been us. And, again, don't get me wrong, people, please, because it's been a super year. It's been a fun year. It's been one of the most uh, enjoyable years I've ever had covering Hayden football. But, there's that taste in my mouth, man. I'm, I hate that it's over. And I hope that's how the players feel, that you hate that it's over, that you could still be playing. But anyway, I digress. But you also got to congratulate the McKenzie Rebels. They, uh, I predicted, or I suggested Somebody Friday night, I said, that could be a hard game for McKenzie this past Friday night down in Memphis. I really thought McKenzie was maybe on upset alert because the, the Mays team was coming in. And it's uh, one of the best defensive teams in the state, at least through the season, uh, through the season and then the first uh, three, uh, two rounds of the playoffs. And then Trenton uh, scored some points against them in the third round, scored 20 something points and they hadn't given up uh, 20 all year. And I really thought that would be a hard game for McKenzie. Well, it wasn't. McKenzie won a game easily 34 to 0. And McKenzie took care of business. And I even heard, I don't know if this is true, but and could very well be, that uh, Mays, <laughs> uh, when he got to 34 to nothing, he had a running clock uh, with about three or four minutes left in the game. They just walked off the field. They said, We're done. And they knew they weren't going to win. Instead of playing it out, they just left. And I guess that's your prerogative. But McKenzie's going to win a state title. He can write that down. I've been wrong before about things, but sometimes you have this feeling in the air. And I have this feeling that McKenzie's going to go up there and take care of business uh, this Friday because, and this is, again, going back to what I've been trying to say uh, for the last 20 minutes, because they experienced a state championship game last year. And although – our season ended in earlier a game earlier this year than McKenzie's did last year. It's the same principle that I'm trying to get across. Is that McKenzie left that state championship game up there last year at South Pitt, South Pittsburgh, celebrated on the field. Guarantee you the thoughts that went through the McKenzie players' minds, the McKenzie coaches' minds, were that could be us. That could be us playing for a state title or winning or celebrating a championship. That could be us. Well, that's what I'm trying to say about this game this past Friday night. When Riverside goes up there and plays Saturday at three o'clock, our mindset should be that could be us. That could be us on the field playing Tyner Academy. Now, I'll make a prediction. 
I think Tyner Academy wins the state championship. I think they're the team from the other side that's uh, a team of destiny, a team that uh, is uh, meant to be there. They're going to win it. I just have that feeling. I could be wrong. Uh, you know, Henry County this past week also missed out on the chance to play for a state championship. But, you know, with all that being said, that's the way it happens sometimes. And sometimes you get outplayed. Sometimes uh, things don't go your way. The breaks don't go your way. But I'm just going to continue to deliver the same message that let's not be satisfied with having a great season. Let's be satisfied with being the last team standing because all across the state, there are teams that finish their season at some point. That comes to an end at some point in the season. It It's going to be either week 10 or week 11, as they call it now, or it's going to be the first round playoffs, second round, third round, semifinals, and the state championship game. There's only two teams that's going to play for a state championship in each classification, and only one is going to celebrate. Well, if I'm going to go through all the hard work, if I'm going to put in the dedication, I won't be that team that lifts that trophy. I've been to state championship game. Hayden has played in four of them. I've had the pleasure of standing on the sideline for three of those four state championship games. And I was standing on the sideline in 03 when a final whistle blown or blue to signify that game was over in Huntington had a state championship. There's no better feeling. There's no better feeling in the world. And I want these kids to experience the same thing. I've also been there in 04 and 012 when a final whistle blew, a horn sounded and ending the state championship game and the other team lifting the trophy. Yes, there was a sense of accomplishment. There was that feeling, hey, I did good. I did good. We did good. We, 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 we're going to take home a silver ball. But, man, that's there, there's an empty feeling also. There's that feeling that you go, that could be us lifting the gold ball. Instead, it's the other team lifting the gold ball and not us. We're taking home a silver, and that's nice. You get to put that on your – your uh, scoreboard, your field, you know, runner-ups, 012, 04, 99. But that state championship banner that says state champions 2003, that's what you play for. That's a better feeling. That's a feeling that you, uh, that you, you, you long to achieve. And I hope that the kids out there that listen – Hope the fans that are listening want more. They want to achieve more because more is achievable. I know that sounds crazy. But that's going to do it uh, for us this week, cutting it a little short. Basketball is going to be ramping up. Tennessee basketball is doing real well. Tennessee football is still doing real well. A lot of sports still go. So we'll concentrate our efforts somewhere else. But – this is not our last football podcast. There'll be uh, other times that we'll have some podcasts that we'll talk about uh, the banquet, 
uh, some other things. And uh, football season in 2023 is not that far away. Start workouts in July. So something to look forward to. I'll see you next week.